All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, NBA podcast, episode 189. It's playoff time. We're going to break down the play-in tournament, Lakers, Clippers. We're also going to do our awards, most improved player, MVP, All-NBA. It's here. It's now. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 189. Uh, we got a good one for you guys today. We're going to talk about this play-in tournament. The playoff schedule has been made. Um, we got some awards, our regular season awards we're going get, to get into later in the show. Obviously, Drew, there was a mix-up in the NBA offices yesterday. What happened? Well, unfortunately, I don't think that the Charlotte Hornets got the memo that there was a playing game yesterday. <laughs> I, I don't know if they thought it was a three-game, seven-game series or whatever, but what the hell was that? Um, the game was over in the first. Dougie McDirty just oh. sunned the whole squad in the first quarter. Yep. And you even hit me up like midway, like after the first quarter. You're like, what the hell is this? What is going on? What happened to our boy LaMelo? Right. Where were you, Terry Rozier? I, I'm... I'm this is why you need a veteran on the team. Like, you know, I'm not a huge Hayward fan, but that is why you need Gordon Hayward in your lineup just for games like that. Yeah, they definitely miss Hayward in that game, without a doubt. I don't know how much Hayward's uh, presence would have changed anything because you hit the nail on the head. It's like it's like they thought the game was two days ago <laughs> or two days later. Like, I just they thought it was just like a preseason. They didn't understand the concept of the game. Um, I, it was just it was it was the worst start for this play-in tournament that the NBA has all this anticipation and excitement for that that was possible. The first playoff game, play-in game in NBA history. Well, no, the, last year's... They're they, counting that one yesterday as like... The first play-in mm -hmm. as, as it's set up mm -hmm. now. But yeah, it really wasn't a game. Like it was really boring um, right from the beginning. And throughout the game, the Hornets just didn't play defense like at all. I didn't. I don't know if they thought they were gonna, like, oh, cool, let's just make this a one one thirty five to one thirty five kind of a game. We're just gonna run and gun. Uh, but they <laughs> they didn't score very well, and they played defense like the worst defense that I've ever seen. There was no defense from times like I don't know how many times someone would just cut or like some sort of back cut would happen wide open, and there's just nobody there under the basket, and there's just a layup. Like, oh my god, it was. Yeah, man, that's I, I feel bad for James Borrego um, because, you know, as much as you I agree with your, your statement about having some sort of veteran leadership, that coach, ha he has to be partly responsible for getting this team ready to go. And they were not at all. And maybe it's just some sort of disconnect between him and the players. Maybe he thought he got them amped up in the in the preseason or the pregame speech. And then they got on the floor and it was like, oh, wait, um, Maybe they weren't listening to me. All of them had their headphones, and I thought they paused their music. But nobody for that team was bringing any sort of energy. And it also coincided with, like you said, McDermott being as hot McDirty, as – Drew. McDirty, Drew. McDirty being as hot as possible. Like The news about Karis LeVert going out with COVID protocol, you know, whatever, health and safety stuff, I was like, all right, I think Hornets – might have a game. The Hornets have a chance here. Mm -hmm. No, no, No LeVert, who's been – scoring the ball a lot for the, for the Pacers over the last 20 games. 
So without him, I was like, cool. Like, this should be a close game. And a high-scoring game, a fun game, alley-oops and shit. And uh, none of none of that happened for the Hornets. It was a terrible game of basketball, and I'm done talking about it. Like well, I, I, got a, I got one thing to say, though. The Hornets are done. And, and it, you know, good luck in the offseason. It was fun to watch you, LaMelo. We appreciate you. Yeah. And we will talk about if we, we think you are Rookie of the Year or not. I thought the funniest part of the game, Drew, and it happened probably – 10 or 15 times was listening to Greg Anthony and the disgust in his voice calling <laughs> this game. Like you could hear him breathe into the mic, like on those back cuts that you're talking about. Yeah. You hear him say, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. Just, is there any energy? Do these guys even know they're playing a game today? Him being a former player right. and point guard and like, you know, he was just so disgusted yes. with the way he, he, the way I felt it was, he felt like he had wasted his whole day. Like there is no reason for me to even be here. Um, I yeah. just thought it was really funny because he saw everything we were saying. Like every time we saw one of those passes or brain brain fart on defense, we're like, wow, like are these guys, who, who do they think they are right now? So, and then it just got, it got a little pathetic with just Rogier just trying his best to like will this team and LaMelo kind of looked like a deer in headlights on occasion and they definitely just need more players on that squad I, I thought they were a fun team to watch this season but and, and even Indiana's boring to watch too Drew I'm not a I'm not a big fan of them no well. I think I, I love Sabonis I love yeah. TJ McConnell mm -hmm. those are well, those are my guys TJ is an Arizona guy so I love that um, and he's, he's great. I, the only person that I actually do want to kind of tip the cap to a little bit is Cody Zeller. He's the only guy that was trying right. and he got like four steals yes. for dunks, breakaway dunks. And it's like, dude, your center is actually giving some sort of effort and nobody else gives a shit on defense. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I would take Cody Zeller on my squad any day of the week. He's yeah. I mean, he struggles in the post, right? Like Sabonis took him to school, right? And okay. Sabonis is a very talented, skilled big man. So it, you know, that one's tough. It's just a tough guard for anybody in the NBA, let alone, you know, a seven footer who looks like he's 42 years old with that haircut. Just, just shave the shave, whole head. Bick shave it, the dome, man. Shave the dome. Like talk to Caruso. That's a wide bald spot. on the Talk to Caruso and get, you get yourself a sponsorship with one of these shaving companies mm -hmm. and shave your goddamn head. It's just, it's embarrassing. Um, anyway. Yeah. He looks like he's the same age as Kurt Rambis. So I just, I, I do want to tip the cap and I like Zeller as well. Like uh -huh. if you're going to give energy and effort, like we've said, mm -hmm. and you're a seven footer, you have value in the NBA. Uh, so I do feel bad for him. Um, I guess. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Hornets enjoy the off season. See you next year. LaMelo. He looked real thin, by the way, in that game. I just that was the first game that I looked at him. I was like, man, he looks he looks pretty thin here. He's got time to bulk up. Uh, yeah, I think I think I look forward to him hitting the gym with Lonzo. Um, and Jello, I'm sure, is going to be in the Jello weight room. Jello stays in the gym. He's, what he's else is he going to be in the weight room? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's, he works at 24 hours. <laughs> he probably does. Now he's an ambassador. Um, so yeah, I, I look forward to Lamelo getting better and getting healthy. I, I do think he was still having some sort of nagging issue with that with that wrist. So uh, shitty, shitty way to go out. And I was hoping that uh, Hayward was going to play for this game. Just none of it mattered. And it seemed like, like I said, even if Hayward was out there, it didn't didn't really look like it was going to go any other way than this way. Uh, at least we had a decent game, I guess, if you want to call it that after that. Boston and, and the Wizards, I guess all of our praise for Russell the past like five podcasts didn't really age well for us. I don't know if he was hurt. Uh, they, they were speculating that he was when he took off on the court six minutes before the game ended. It looked like he was limping. I don't see. I don't know if he was pissed off that they were that they obviously were going to lose this game, you know, but. 
Kemba and and Tatum were just special, right? And we're seeing Tatum before. I we've seen glimpses of this through this season and last season mm-hmm. um, of him just becoming this super elite player and getting the praise from Bradley Beal. Obviously, they've been friends uh, since childhood, growing up, going to the same high school in the Lou. Uh, and Shout out to Chaminade, Chaminade, my, my sister, my sister's uh, school. I went to Chaminade College Prep here on the West Coast, so shout out to Chaminade. <laughs> uh, but Tatum was just special last night, and we're seeing these, you know. Tatum was another guy that worked with Kobe. We're seeing a lot of these Kobe moves back to the basket. And, you know, he's capable of doing these kind of games. We've also seen he's been able to lay bricks, too, in some of these games. But Kemba was the, was, was the one that really needed to step up in this game, and he did. There is no Jalen Brown, um, so Kemba knows what his role is going to be moving forward. Having a 23-point third quarter was humongous for Tatum. And it just seemed to me like – Russell, there was a couple like just hit all backboard, like all backboard. And, you know, to everybody that was hating on the game that he had, he still was like trying his best. Like he didn't take plays off or anything, but I think he was injured. You think so? I I mean, there was definitely one play. I think it was in the second half where he fell down at the baseline and he stayed down for a minute. I think, you know, if there's if there's one thing that Russ does, he does try to play through injury a lot. I think that's something that he keeps to himself as opposed to a lot of superstars that might you know use that as an excuse or whatever i you know i know that he he definitely got banged up and of course brad beal coming into it said that he wasn't a hundred percent and so we knew that and and it, that was pretty apparent as well he reached down a couple different times at that hamstring uh i do think it's just it, it was one of those things where tatum had a 50 point night kemba was great almost 30 at 29 and nobody else, <laughs> there's one other player that scored in double digits for the Celtics. Nobody else. Who was it, Thompson? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was tri- it was Tristan, scored 12 points, had 12 rebounds. But literally, like I said, nobody else scored in double digits. Fournier was terrible night shooting, three for 11. Marcus Smart, three for eight. You know, Neesmith, one for four. Shout out to Neesmith, by the way. We haven't mentioned him mm-hmm. on the pod, but uh, he's doing a great job. Uh, just being ready to play and, and also not being scared anymore. I think there was a weird transition for him into the NBA and a lot of expectations based on where the Celtics drafted him. Uh, I think that kid is actually looking up, trending upwards. Well, Matt, our boy Matt Babcock on our draft preview, the 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 savant said that he's the best shooter uh, that was in the draft, and that we haven't really seen that mm-hmm. out of Neesmith this year. But if you watch him, you know now they're playing him more. Uh, if you watch him and he does get an open look, it's it's solid. It's a very solid stroke and a very comfortable shooting from the NBA distance. So I think Babcock is right, and I hopefully. Uh, Neesmith throughout his career proves that Babcock was right in that regard. But like I said, in order for Boston to have this win, I mean, like, look, they won by 18 points. It got out of hand in the third quarter when Tatum went on his run. Uh, but honestly, it was just the, the the super stellar performance from Tatum and a great performance from Kemba that got them over the edge here. And then they're going up against a banged up Bradley Beal. And I think I think somebody in, in Russ who did get some sort of injury in that game uh, in the second half. Do you think he plays against Indiana? I think he will. I think mm-hmm. he's that kind of a guy. Like, unless, of course, there is, like, some actual, like, ligament damage or something, like, beyond that. I mean, look, we, we also know that he has a history of knee problems. And in this offseason, he went and, and had another procedure. I think in the last three offseasons, he's gone overseas to have some sort of either something drained or something added to his knee. And so, look, I think I do think he'll be out there because I think he knows how important it is for this team to get into the playoffs. And I do think he wants to get into the playoffs, right? He doesn't want to get bounced. Um, and I think, unfortunately for the Wizards, if if neither Beal nor Wes, it, Westbrook is 
I do think they're going to run up against an Indiana team that seems to be ready to play them right now. And I, I the biggest question as we look to that matchup now is who who can handle Sabonis for for the Wizards? And the answer is nobody. I mean, Gafford is is I like him. A lot. He's springy. Mm-hmm. But Sabonis is just so skilled, and he doesn't he's not going to dunk on you, mm-hmm. but he'll get you jumped up in the air and get you five fouls in and the drop dimes. yeah in the in the first three quarters, mm-hmm. and then Gafford's on the bench, and mm-hmm. you can't affect the game. So I just you know they have Robin Lopez, but I just think that how many hook it, shots did he have last night? <laughs> Robin, he's, he's really bringing it back. Robin loves the hook shot. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he found something special, but it's really not that special. <laughs> it's interesting because I think if we had done this podcast beforehand, I honestly was leaning towards. The Hornets, based on the fact that Levert wasn't there, and I thought they were going to have a real good shot. And I was leading with the Wizards because of just the trends and, and the way that things were going for both of those teams. Um, it just seemed like that that Boston was ripe for the picking in that in that particular game. But look, all this comes down to is Tatum is a great player. Dropping 50 points in this game when his team needed it, no Jalen Brown anymore for the rest of the season, uh, that was spectacular. Uh, so shout out to him, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him do some more you know heroics in the next round against the Nets because he's gonna have to. They're both gonna have to. Well, and also they just don't. Nobody's gonna guard him. Like right. who? I mean, yeah, okay, you can put Kevin Durant on him, but I just think he's gonna be able to get his buckets. Um, and then I do think you know if Kemba can can keep up the scoring at this level, you just gotta hope that Fournier and and Smart and you know, some other guys start hitting shots. Uh, because we know that the Nets will definitely beat them if it's just Kemba and Tatum scoring and nobody else gets into double digits. So, uh, but shout out to the Celtics. I think you know that was it wasn't necessarily convincing, uh, but it was a huge win for a team that that definitely could have you know lost that game. So I think I think Tatum is just an unbelievable player, and I I just I I'm so impressed by him. I know you've always been a big fan of him, and he does. He's getting better, like in front of our eyes. He's obviously going to be an elite player one day, possible MVP candidate at some point. Who knows? I think he's elite. I do think already he's elite, and he's twenty three years old, and it's crazy. Um, so we're recording this pod. It's twelve oh nine on Wednesday. Tonight is your night, Drew. Tonight is your play in the most anticipated play in game in a long time. We got the Lakers and Golden State. I don't. I, do you, if you want to talk about Memphis and San Antonio, I really don't. Like I'm. I'm looking forward to watching. That the should game. be a fun game. It should be a fun game. Looking forward to it. Really don't care who wins. Um. I. I, I want to talk about tonight. A lot of people are putting a lot of grease behind this, turning this into something you know, huge, uh, you know, a lot of people are taking golden state to win the game. And I think they're being delusional. It could possibly happen, but I want to ask you a question. Like we saw, you know, LeBron was at Drake's house the other night at some party, (laughs) sipping on cocktails and just hanging out. He's got a very laid back approach to this. And again, LeBron can do whatever the hell he wants. He's been proven in the playoffs time and time again. Like if LeBron wants to go to Drake's house, cool. I'm fine with that. But as a, as a Laker fan, what did you think about that? You know, it's not the best. I would have loved to to see LeBron at a at a party with Drake after after the season. You know, there's plenty of time to hang out with Drake mm-hmm. in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, dude, we know that Drake has a house in Calabasas. <clears throat> LeBron has I don't know how many fucking houses in Southern California now, but we know he's got a couple in in Brentwood. They're not far away from each other, and they're friends. So okay, you you had a night where you're you're partying at Drake's house a little bit. He's a grown ass man. I think that the the real outcome will be all right. It's cool that you partied at Drake's house, but you better bring it this game, right? So like, I I do think there's going to be some some backlash 
on that if LeBron has a shit performance or he looks hungover, which none of those things I expect. I right. expect him to be ready for the game. Uh, and it's not like he did it the night before our right. game. I mean, it was he, he had a day off. And I'm just trying to stir the pot. Of course, of course, right of course. I know, and I get it. I, you know, we're my, my, okay. My whole question is this: He seems like there's just the, there's lazy approach to it. Like this is going to be no problem. It's a playing mm-hmm. game. It's one game. We got this. I believe in LeBron, of course, and I think that they're going to come out, and I think they're going to win. But I don't know, man. He just seems like he's not too concerned about anything. And I think Steph on, and there's also been a lot of buddy buddy Steph comments, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's LeBron's tampering right now, like trying to get. Steph away from Golden State, which I don't ever see that happening. Um, but, you know, LeBron so called him the MVP of the season, which we'll get into later in that. And then Steph said, you know, I'm not going to give him a pass. I'm still going to go at him this game. And I, and I know they will. Tonight, Steph is going to have to have a perfect performance and the rest of the team. We're going to have to see Wiggins really step up. That bench is going to have to step up. Defense, which has been tough for them, is going to have to step up. But what are your thoughts on tonight? And what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think, I mean, sure, I, I get I get why people are um, excited about the matchup. It's two of the greatest players that we have in, in the NBA. It's awesome. I think this is a scenario that the NBA was like, fuck, holy shit, we're, this playing thing we're, we're excited about, but now it's LeBron and Steph Curry. This is going to get you know a lot of ratings, and people are going to be interested in the game. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I definitely agree with some of the people. I, I, I see there's an opportunity for Golden State to win this game. There absolutely is. But it, it, it's going to be kind of similar to the way that the Boston Celtics did it, where it, it can't just be Steph, right? Tatum goes for 50. Steph can go for 50, but he's going to need somebody like Kemba. Uh, and I, you know, we mostly look at Wiggins in that regard to also get up into that 20-point um, scoring level for them to have a chance. On the other side, for the Lakers, in order for us to win, we need Anthony Davis to be Anthony Davis. LeBron, of course, is going to have his way with whoever matches up with him. My guess is... Draymond's probably going to go on either AD or LeBron and they're going to just try and make it a tough tough night for uh for those guys in the post but really when it when when I think about this game I think there's a very good chance that our defense the Lakers defense number one rated defense the entire season and we close the season number one rated defense I think we can Throw a lot of different things at Steph and try and make it difficult. But the guy is going to score if he's going to if he's going to have one of those nights. He's going to have it, and there's very little that we can do about it. It's about locking down everybody else. So making it as difficult as possible for Wiggins to get buckets and making sure that we're we're rebounding the ball and finishing possessions. Um, and then of course let's see let's see if Draymond can hit a shot. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like all all of that. I just think we can. Steph can go for fifty. And we can still win this game by making sure very few people have an opportunity to go for 20 or 30. And uh, I honestly think that's the, that's probably how it's going to go down. I mean, look, in Steph's last five games, going back to May 6th, he's had 34, 49, 36, and then 46 against Memphis in a game that really mattered um, in order for them to get to the, to the eight seed and not drop to the nine. So look, it's just likely that he's going to have one of those games tonight. I just think we have enough in our tank. I think we're deep enough. Uh, I, I think I have a, a lot of faith in our defense to make this where we, we can get out early and we can sustain that and then avoid the run in the second half, right? Because if we get up by 12 or 16, sometimes we can get complacent. And then Lakers also have this period um, in, in a lot of games, whether it's the third or the fourth quarter, where we miss, where's I mean, almost every game, if you've been watching the Lakers, there's usually a three minute span where we just fucking can't hit shit. 
and every team can get crept in, but our defense is what keeps us, um, you know, up and up. And so I think this, this is going to be a close game. Uh, but if I had to put my money on it, I'm taking the Lakers because I do think while LeBron has been taking it easy, um, you know, outwardly, I think he knows how important this game is. And I also think we want to play the Suns. I think if we had to choose, we would rather play the Suns than play the Jazz. And so I think LeBron knows that as well. The only the only thing that that was brought up by Bill Simmons um, that that brought my attention is is LeBron is very good friends with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to do Chris Paul a favor, we lose this game to the to the Warriors and then we we play the Bill's Suns. Bill's getting too far. He's reading so much. Into I agree. It. I don't think that's going to be the case, but who knows? I'll guarantee you, Chris Paul wants to beat LeBron a hundred percent. Right, but I think he also knows the chances of that are slim. Uh, one person you didn't mention, the X factor. On the Golden State Warriors is obviously Nico Mannion. Oh, well, that's another Arizona guy. That's my guy. I, I You know, we got to come up with a good nickname for him. There's too many. Uh, the Red Mamba, that's, no. that's already gone. No. Uh, Matt, no. Can't say Ginger anything. Either. And the White Mamba's gone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we got to figure out a, a Nico, a, a Nico, Red Hawk? Nico nickname. Yeah, from Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would work. Uh, but I do. I, I love Nico Mannion. I would be surprised if he plays at all in this game it means the lakers have won the game so i think that's a good sign if he gets on the court Just for the lakers some playoff experience yeah do you i mean do you agree with me do you think do you think that's kind of how it's going to go or do you see there uh, a real possibility for the warriors to take it you know as much as i would love to see golden state win this game i i just don't see it happening i i wish this was a seven game series you know what i mean i wish we could see steph and that would be fun it would be awesome i mean i think back against the wall this is this is really interesting let's see what steph can do let's see i mean lebron looked great the other night looked like he did had zero issues with his ankle he's catching lobs shooting threes well, i do have something to say about say, that go. i mean so in the Pelican game, he he tweaks his ankle in the fourth quarter when we're when we're winning the game, and also the game literally didn't matter anymore. Sit him. That was really frustrating. We had AD who also tweaked something in that game. Of course, shocking. Is there a game that he doesn't tweak something? Uh, but AD tweaked something, uh, and we had LeBron, AD, and and Schroeder all in the game in the fourth quarter, and it's like Portland was up by thirty. Thank you, Denver. I called that one, um, and we're like, okay. If, if somebody doesn't tell Frank Vogel that this game no longer matters, whether we win or lose. Oh, you guys were all upset in, the, in our group chat, all the Laker fans in our group chat. It was really, it was really confusing. And, and it would have been just like the Lakers' luck for the season. LeBron tweaks the ankle, and it's more severe mm-hmm. than, than it actually was. It looked out, like when you watch the replay, it looked like it was just a tweak, just a real slight um, movement of rolling the ankle inward, which is what he's, how he sprained his ankle in the first, the, the first time. But that was that was almost un, like unforgivable type shit. Like where you you have to be aware of the situation, um, and Vogel's usually pretty good at that. Um, and of course, LeBron came out as soon as that happened, and and we ended up winning the game, which again didn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. The Pelicans were done, already done for the season. No Zion anyway, no Lonzo either. Uh, they had sat a shit ton of players. No Ingram, I don't think they even played. So that to me was was borderline especially if lebron is coming in now with a little bit of a gimpy ankle where he was ramping up mm-hmm. and feeling better and and that if if that comes into play tonight i'm i'm going to look back at that pelicans game and be like what the fuck were we doing so sorry that that was no, my little tangent i mean that's a perfect segue into get we got to get into the last 3 games from the clippers and a lot of people had hit me up uh asking my opinion on it and you know 
a lot of media is talking about the Clippers should be ashamed of themselves for dodging, <laughs> for for purposely tanking these games. And look, you can call it what you want. And we, play, I mean, we played who we play Houston and OKC and like um, severely depleted teams. I am perfectly fine with us playing resting our star players for that exact reason, Drew. Like mm-hmm. if Stephen A. wants to say that he that the Clippers should feel ashamed about the way we treated these last three games, what if we're playing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard against the OKC Thunder with Poku and six other dudes that I have no idea with, <laughs> and and Paul George sprains his ankle, right? Then. Then how would we, should we feel like better as an organization? Oh, at least they didn't tank. But no, dude, you rest your best players. I'm, and I'm so thankful that Ty Lue doesn't have a Twitter because they even asked him in the post game. He's like, dude, I give zero shits about what anybody thinks. That is the smartest thing to do. Chess, not checkers. Call it what you want. I'm sure the NBA, uh, the NBA front office was, was perfectly fine with the Clippers and the Lakers not seeing each other in the first round. Like health the whole season, Drew, we have said. Health is the most important thing. We're going into the playoffs playing the team that we spe- that we definitely wanted to play. I think we would have been fine with Portland as well. Um, I think this is going to be a good series, but I'd much rather see Dallas. So for all the people that say the Clippers tanked at the end, call it what you want. Yeah, I get it. Oturu took 21 shots against the the you know OKC and Yogi Ferrell and all these guys, but I'm fine with sitting our guys. I I just think it's a smart move, right? So if you just remove like the I don't know the the expectations that that these media people have that the Clippers are going to be trying like gung ho, like let's let's seek out the Lakers. The Lakers are the most feared team in the West. No, but everyone was trying to avoid us. Look at what Denver did. Not just the Clippers. Denver purposely lost by thirty three points in the last game of the season, so they would absolutely not have to play. But us. nobody's talking about. That, no one's correct? mentioning that. Thank you. Right. So it just, I just, I think it's uh, the entire West has been jockeying in the last week of the season to avoid us. And that makes me feel pretty good as a Lakers fan. I mean, I mean, they're the defending champs with LeBron, bro. Like, I get it. <laughs> and we want we want to see them in the Western Conference Finals. Like, that's what we want to see. And not only that, I I think it would be unwise for any team to look at the landscape in which they have some control over and not take the easier route. Like any team, if you if you would ask the Sixers who finished in the one seed and closed out their season in order to do so. Would you would you rather be the one seed and have to worry about the Knicks and the Hawks in the second round, or would you rather be the two seed and have to play the fucking uh, you know Bucks and and Nets or something mm-hmm. like that? Of course they're going to take the easier route. Like, look, I can understand why media members are are trying to you know make the Clippers feel bad for this kind of play, especially because uh, when Kawhi and Paul George showed up in L.A., you guys were trying to say that that the L.A. is going to be a Clipper town, mm-hmm. and look, that's not going to happen. Unless, of course, there is a matchup in which you guys beat the Lakers in the playoffs. So I can understand if you look back, it's like, well, shit, all right. The Clippers are talking all this noise and they have an opportunity to back it up and, and actually play the Lakers on purpose in the first round. But it doesn't, I just, I don't think that it should matter. What matters is winning a championship, not necessarily beating the Lakers in a playoffs, like because like for instance if the lakers go out in this playoffs and you guys make a run to the western conference finals or you win a championship no one's going to be like well you didn't have to play i mean I'm sh- maybe some people oh are. they will some people say that <laughs> but the championship is what matters it's not oh did we beat los angeles and by the way if you win a championship guess what you beat you beat the lakers mm-hmm. because they didn't fucking win a championship so i just think right now <laughs> it was the easiest thing to poke at for the That's media fine. members but, and but- i just i'm just i'm just trying to say that I think, without a doubt, 
Denver and Phoenix both were looking to avoid the potential play against the Lakers. And it, that includes the Clippers as well. Of like, course. If we're going to talk about the Clippers, let's talk about everyone else in the West that of, also dodged But us. nobody wants to do that, right. Drew. Uh, you know, if this, was a, if this was game 44 and the Clippers are going into OKC and they see that lineup coming, you don't think uh, Ty Lue is going to be like, dude, we'll re- everybody, Yogi, you're in. Pat, Pat, you're starting. Let's give Boogie some run. Luke, you, come on, man. And it's not. And we lost by like, like three points that game. We tried to win that game. Right, it wasn't like to me tanking is like purposely losing. We we just put in different players that right. you know if it was going to work, it was going to work. But I kind of got some things I want to say going into the into this Dallas series. Right, okay. And I know a lot of social media uh, they just kept posting the the picture of Luca hitting the game winner against us in the bubble, and it's just like, yo, we we beat them. You guys remember this, right? <laughs> like Luca didn't win the series against us. It was a hell of a shot. It though. was a great shot, yeah. and it broke my heart. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I'm looking forward to this series. Dallas, Luca, like we got to cut the head off the snake, right? Like that's what we have to do going into this series. But before I say anything else, we have zero excuses. I'm accepting zero excuses for this playoffs, okay? I know that Kawhi and Paul George and Reggie and Pat and Pat Pat and Luke, all these guys owe me nothing personally. Like you owe me nothing. But... As an organization, you owe me as a fan a fucking effort this playoff, okay? Mm. We rode the storm with you. I want that we support you. We I have been riding for you for my whole life and especially this past year, which has been extremely difficult. But Paul George and Kawhi, we are expecting you to be superstars. And if you give me the greatest effort and play every game balls out, you remember what Vanessa said about Kobe in the Hall of Fame speech? Like he played hurt every single night because of what the fans paid to come watch him play a la Michael Jordan. That's how Mike felt too. That's how I want you guys to approach this series. And if you give me your best effort and you play balls to the wall, ass out, and we lose to Luka first round, fine. I'm cool with that. I don't expect that. But... My expectations moving forward through this playoff is I want your best effort. And we and I'm sure they're aware of it. I'm sure Ty, I know the players are aware of it. Um, but that's what I want from my squad. And I just wanted to get that, I just wanted to get that out in the open because we're not gonna have oh, there is no chemistry issue. There is no lemon pepper Lou. There's no deaths in the family. Sorry, Montrez, and that that was tough for us. Um there is no coach beef right now. The chemistry is is right where it's supposed to be, where we wanted. Mm-hmm. Our health, thank you, Ty Lu, for managing this this whole year. It's exactly where we want it to be going into the playoffs. So no fucking excuses from the Los Angeles Clippers or fans. And, you know, our first game is an afternoon game. I already got Clipper fans saying, oh, see, they're already setting us up for loss. They're giving us an afternoon game. Like no other team in the NBA plays an afternoon game ever. That's and funny. we've had seven days rest, bro. If we can't, if we're not rested by this afternoon game on Saturday, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. But do you get, what I, you get what I'm trying to say on this? Yeah, and I'll take it one step further. Like this is exactly what you wanted. To your point. You guys got the matchup that you seeked out and you find you got it. And you're going to end up with a matchup that I think you also wanted in the second round against Utah, most likely. There is no excuses because everything that led up to this exact moment went exactly like you wanted, right? Resting Kawhi for 20 games, resting uh, Paul George for 18 or whatever, something like that, I think is what both those guys missed it. All of that was for this moment. 
right? So all of those things like you can complain about and you can you can say, well, I would love for the Clippers to be the one seed, uh, but Ty Lue did exactly what you needed to do to get to this exact spot and this is where you wanted to be. So in order for this, uh, all of those things to pay off, it has to, that has to come to a head right here. You have to make your run. This is the year where you, if you look at the bracket, you should take care of business on on this side until the Western Conference Finals. It ain't going to be easy, but yes. No, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that that Dallas doesn't have a chance to beat you. And certainly, I think Utah is a hell of a team. I mean, they, they, that's going to be a hell of a series if it gets to that uh, level. Um, but I would say that you have to be the favorite there, in my opinion. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that are back in Utah, and I saw yesterday that let's not get to Utah. Bro. No, 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 let's... no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just. I saw yesterday that Utah is one of the top two seeds according to some fucking metric as far as, far as percentages to win an NBA championship. They have a 21 and a half percent chance to win an NBA championship. So I'm not going to just lay them down to rest. And the same thing with with Dallas. Luca is special. We've seen him do unbelievable things. But the bottom line is, everything. In, in this season has gotten you to this point. All the decisions that you've made have gotten to this point. So now you have to prove it. You have to go out there and do it. And I, I'm hopeful that that happens for the Clippers um, and for you as well. I mean, it would be brutal if you, if you end up taking a loss here. But I think a loss to Dallas, to me, is indefensible uh, because it would be a lack of effort, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in order for that to happen. And that is indefensible. If, if you, like you said, if, if they end up, you know, taking it to a seven game series and literally everyone played as hard as possible and, and it goes to seven, that means we're going to have one of the best series in NBA history. <laughs> Cause if Dallas matches that level of, of intensity and is still able to pull off wins against this team, it's going to be one unbelievable back and forth. I don't expect that to happen. I do think it might be a repeat of last year when it comes to this matchup where you take them in six games and probably should have gotten them in five. Um, and I think I do expect you guys to handle business because you have two great defenders to throw at Luca, and really, like you said, it is kind of uh, cutting the head off of the snake moment. It's the same thing with the Warriors. You got it. You have to worry about Steph. You have to worry about Luca, but it's also about limiting the easy opportunities for everybody else. And, and, and that's how you win that series. And that's how they beat us, though. That's how they beat us is Finney Smith and Maxi and and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Getting these open threes, that, that's an issue for us. So hopefully we're addressing that in this week, but you're completely right. Everything I asked for happened this year, right? Mm-hmm. We got it. We got a healthy Paul George. Kawhi's more of a leader that we asked for. We got the playmaking point guard that everybody wanted, the veteran leadership. Uh, Marcus Morris has been great. We pulled in another big man that's got another six fouls and boogie. Uh, so Ibaka's back now. Ibaka's back now after going on his world tour of his Nigerian <laughs> hip hop album, which is just unbelievable. It's a great song. It is a great song. <laughs> Again, I wish we could use it on the pod, but that's that's basically what I'm looking forward to uh, for this weekend. Um, do you want to go into more games, or should we get into our awards? I, I we can just touch on a couple of these. I, we're going to talk about the series as they unfold, of course. Uh, but I I just want to my favorite first round matchup after the play and shit. Uh, outside of the Lakers and Suns, which I do think that's going to be a fun series, but I also I'm expecting the Lakers to take care of business. You have no faith in the Phoenix Suns beating the Lakers at all. We are Zero. a difficult matchup for I them. I know you are. I'm just saying. My my favorite thing happened. Uh, in in the last episode, I was concerned that the Heat were going to get away from the Bucks in the three six, but they fell back down to earth. It finally happened again. The ultimate revenge series for the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami team that is not, they don't say die, bro. I mean, Haslam's going to punch Giannis in the ball. How great <laughs> was that? 
How great his first two minutes getting into the season. He already ha- and it's Dwight Howard, of course. Of course, freaking Dwight. It's the Howard. perfect guy f- to put Haslam in for. Uh, UD was not playing at all. This is only minutes of the season, and he got ejected. <laughs> he got ejected. I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Me too. But my point is like that's the embodiment of the Heat. Of course, we know this. This is not something that's surprising to most mm. people. Uh, but that is a matchup that I was really hoping to see, and it fucking happened. So I'm excited for that series in the East. Um, I also am looking forward to the Knicks and the Hawks, which I was hoping would happen as well. And that should be a very fun series, even though uh, you know not nearly as fun as that as that Bucks and that Miami uh, Heat series is going to be. Uh, outside of that, I you know Denver Portland looks Denver, fun. That that should be fun. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how that will go because it like we talked about it's it's big man heavy and and Michael Porter Jr. wing who both of those guys should have their way against the Portland opposition and then Dame and CJ should have a field day against fucking Compazzo and uh Will, Will Will Barton so I just think Will he be? I think that will be a fun series too but I like I said my most favorite matchup Miami and Milwaukee let's fucking go I mean ex- This is my favorite time of the year Drew Remember when they used to do 40 games of 40 nights it's pretty much like that now Yeah and we're going to get so sick and tired of Sha- like dude Barkley and Shaq were hilarious Oh last so night, funny going back and forth and Kenny's got like a knee injury now so he can't run anymore and then Barkley's already talking shit about Shaq's grandma. Like it was just ridiculous. and Barkley missing the picks as well. Like completely How funny is the button though. Completely what? <laughs> completely guarantee. It, it is. It's like it is. It's a guarantee that your team's gonna lose if he picks him. Like please do not he pick picks, the Clippers. He picks Charlotte. They have the worst game of the season. He picks the Wizards. They barely limp into an eighteen point loss. I just it is classic Charles. I am here for it. Let's go. Uh, all right, Clips and Drew. Regular season awards. Do you think you can put in some like award music right now, Drew? You think you can find some? Yeah, I can. I can do that if you can. Let me introduce the Clips and Drew regular season awards. We're gonna do Rookie of the Year, MVP, All NBA, um, and Six Man. And I think we're gonna we might be the same on a lot of this. Sure. Um, where, where do you want to start? I think we just get the individual awards out of the way quickly. You want to start with Rookie of the Year? Okay, sure. All right, so. After, you know, it's only between two, really. I mean, yeah. it's between Ant-Man and, and LaMelo. And I'm actually leaning toward Anthony Edwards. I know LaMelo was fun. Uh, the team did better. Okay. But we're talking about the best rookie to play this season. Anthony Edwards played all 72 games. 19.3 points. 4.7 boards. Three assists. 32% from threes a little low. And 41% field goals. But LaMelo was fun. I'm taking Anthony Edwards as my rookie of the year. So this is uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, Kendrick Perkins came out and said they should be co-rookies of the year, and I feel pretty good about that, okay. maybe for the first time. It's kind of a cop-out, so I don't like it. But honestly, I think co-rookie of the year for those two guys is deserving. Do you remember the last time that happened? Um, I, Jason right, Kidd. Right. And Come on, baby. Fuck. It's a wonderful piano player. Uh, I can't remember. The Come on, Drew, you got this. I can't remember the second guy, but I remember Jason Kidd. Grant Hill. Grant Hill, of course. There it is. So anyway, I remember Jason Kidd's part of it. Mm. And I, I do think it could be you know pretty deserving. Both guys, I honestly think you could make a case that Ant's scoring alone, boom, that gets him in, mm-hmm. in the rookie deer. And then I also think you can make a case that LaMelo's playmaking and his assistant rebounds and... I just think just the way that he affects the game. I also missed the games too. He did. And so that's why I look, I'm okay with Anthony Edwards winning it. If I had to choose between them and I'm not giving out a co, you know, uh, no, you got to pick one. Drew. No, I know if I'm not doing that, 
my heart goes with LaMelo. I I was completely blown away by how ready he was for this NBA season. Um, And look, I think Anthony Edwards, like I, like I said, he's deserving as well. So I, I'm, it's a flip a fucking coin. That's why I do think, you know, co-rookie of the year works for me. Most improved player. So this one's interesting. Um, I have Zion. Seriously? Most improved. Oh, that's a that's a shot in the dark right there. It, it is. I don't know if he's going to win it. I no. think he's had so much he's had so much um, you know, publicity around him. But if you just look at how much he's improved. Okay. From this year to last year. Okay. This is the award about the most improved. Uh-huh. I'm going with Zion. Okay. Last year he was nowhere near as effective as he was this year. And to the point where he I think he's one of the most unstoppable offensive forces, not just this season, but that we have seen in in a very, very long time. Um, And look, I think, you know, honestly, if it wasn't him for me, I think Michael Porter Jr. is a good one. Um, I've seen some arguments for Julius Randle because of the leap that he's taken. I think Zion for me, and this is, like I said, I'm sure this is not going to be a popular uh, opinion here. No. But I, I have to admit that that guy has improved immensely. Okay. I, uh, that was like out of left field for me. I'm glad you did that. Uh, mine is MPJ. Yeah. Because again, I'm a big context guy, Drew. Most improved player. A lot of people threw Randall. Like everybody on our on our page threw Randall. But the thing is, is Randall's always been good. Like right. he didn't he hasn't didn't get like exponentially better. The team got better, better coach. Randall's always been good. He increased his points by by five points. Went from 19 to 24. And the right? assists was the big increase. Right. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. But MPJ, you know. Went from nine points to almost 20. He had a 50-piece this year. Like, he improved the most. And again, like, you're going to improve the most when you get more minutes and you get more shots. And, mm-hmm. you know, your second best player goes down. So you're going to get more looks at the hoop. So, and you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Michael Porter Jr., the player. Not so much the guy. But <laughs> the player, I am. So I got MPJ as my um, as my most improved player. The only other one that I, I did want to mention, I think you could definitely throw Jalen Brown in the mix there because he's made a significant leap this year. Uh, but I don't think he deserves it more than Michael Porter Jr. Like I said, I think I do think Michael Porter Jr. is probably going to win the award unless, of course, people just give it to Julius because he's not going to win MVP and a lot of people have been throwing his name in the hat for both of those Unbelievable. awards. Unbelievable. I don't get uh, it. So I just think – I do think there's a chance that the NBA goes, all right, Julius, here you go. Like here's an award for you because you had a great year mm-hmm. and you're not going to win MVP. Uh, but I think – I do think Michael Porter Jr. is very deserving of that award. I just have my own slice there with with Zion. No, I get it. You're right. I mean, he has improved. Yeah. Uh, so where are we then? Oh, so we're at MVP. I mean, we don't need to do six man, right? I mean, six man is Jordan Clarkson. It's got to be. Six man was locked for, for Jordan Clarkson. I think he's faded away in the back end of the season. I know some people are going to have different guys. I like. I think Zach Lowe had uh, Joe Ingles as his six man, six man of the year. Uh, this year, I, I just think what Jordan Clarkson did for like the first 60% of the season was pretty outrageous. Didn't you have a crazy Joe Ingles stat you yeah. the other day? So that's part of it. Is If you look at advanced stats, uh, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but I, 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 I dabble. Um, his efficiency, Joe, Joe uh, Ingles is having one of the most efficient seasons uh, for true shooting that the NBA has ever come across. He's, he's Right now, he's I think he finished ninth ever in the NBA as far as true shooting percentage goes. And normally that goes to the big men because they're dunking a lot and making layups. But Joe, as we know, is the best three-point shooter on the, on the, on the Utah Jazz as well. So um, 
I get it. Like it's a historic season for that specific stat. But if you don't care about advanced stats and you don't watch Joe Ingles, you're probably like, well, why the fuck is that guy sixth man of the year? Mm-hmm. But he is very important to that team. Uh, I like I said, I'm cool. Jordan Clarkson makes a lot of sense. If you want to throw Ingles in there, I just don't. I don't think there's anybody else really. I mean, Derek Rose. A lot of people are throwing in, but God, it was like, what? Are we going to throw him in as sixth man of the year because he was? Not playing very well in Detroit, so we're going to throw him in as six man of the year for like the last half of the season. No, it's Jordan Clarkson. I, I agree. I don't think we need to talk too much more about it. So shout out to you, Jordan Clarkson. Keep firing the rock. We know you will. So MVP, right? Defensive player of the year? Oh, defense. Gobert. Simmons. Ben Simmons. Nice. I like it. More versatile. Mm-hmm. Gobert, I'm tired of. Uh, me too. I'm exhausted me of too. it. And yes, you know what? No, I'm going Ben Simmons. Yeah, good. Let's go. I'm over you, Gobert. I'm over you, Ben Simmons. I'm exhausted with Gobert. Mm-hmm. And look, man, you're you're the longest fucking player in the NBA. If you can't block shots, True. then you probably shouldn't be in the league. True. So yeah, Simmons can guard anybody, and he's he's very impressive. So I I love I love Ben Simmons. Shout out to you, buddy. Defensive player of the year for me. Now let's go MVP. Okay, MVP is what's going to piss a lot of people off because for whatever reason, people are completely oblivious to like. MVPs and most valuable players. Uh, so many people on our page yesterday just kept saying Steph and Julius Randall. Julius Randall, I can I can see what you're I can see what you're saying. Steph, I understand. CP, lot of CP votes, and you know I'm pro CP. I was the guy that was preaching for. Yeah, I think he should be at least in the conversation. Sure, but there after Embiid and and Joe, or excuse me, Joker and Embiid, there's nobody else. It's plain and simple. The fact that Joker got not one person on our page said Joker. Is, uh, is absolutely unbelievable to me. Played all 72 games, 26-10-6, and 6, 56% from the field, 38% from three. How do you not – and they, they, ma- they maintained the, the, uh, the three spot almost all year. And they did it without Jamal Murray for the last without, two months. Thank you. Yeah. How is that not your most valuable player? I get it yeah. that, that Steph is the most valuable player to the Golden State Warriors. He had a great season. Without a doubt. Our boy Dom Fashing said – you know, he 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 smirked at when I said Chris Paul should at least get votes, which he will, Drew. And Steph might get some votes, too. I think they both will get votes. But you can't be the most valuable player, not the best player on your team in Devin Booker. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the I, I just don't get the Steph. I don't get the Steph stuff. Well, people love Steph. I get it. I think that's uh, that's what we're seeing is a, a lot of people really like Steph. And I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I think you are, too. Same. Yeah. It, it, but just because you like the guy doesn't mean he should win the MVP. Right. I mean, shit. They're they they barely scraped into the eight seed here. Right. What are we talking about? Right. Like I just I I can understand, especially because he also gets the most notoriety uh, outside of like LeBron and, and the Nets. Right. Like Steph is one of the greatest players that the, the NBA has ever seen, and because of that, he is also very marketable. People love this guy. So when Sports Center throws up highlights of Steph, people fucking watch it. And when House of Highlights, you know, continues to just like, look, when Steph makes a three, that shit gets posted. Just one three. One three. It gets pointer. posted by like 7,500 pages immediately. Okay. So, okay. Yes, of course, there's going to be some just just recency bias because Steph is incredible and he does things that nobody else can do. But Jokic is the MVP. Mm-hmm. He played every single game. They advance from the four seed to the three seed without Jamal Murray. And that's all him and, of course, Michael Porter Jr. is putting in some work as well. But I think this goes back to something in particular and something that's a little different. Um, and, and Houston fans will, will maybe understand what I'm talking about here. James Harden went for 32 straight 30-point games and didn't win MVP. So just think about that in some context. Steph did not do that this year. 
he had a lot of he had a lot of great great scoring games, and he had a career high for him this year. And he's doing it at an age where we expected him to taper off, not get stronger. He's very impressive. He's very. But if you were a person that witnessed James Harden doing that, the thirty-two, and this is two seasons ago now, and you and you didn't like ride for James Harden to be MVP, then what are you doing right now with this Steph thing? Mm-hmm. This season that he had was nothing compared to what James thirty-two straight. 30-plus point games. It's ridiculous. And he did not win MVP. Right. Giannis won MVP that year. So, look, if you were riding for Steph right now for MVP, I hope you were on the James Harden for MVP bandwagon that year. And if you weren't, you need to shut the fuck up. So, this is – it's a two-man race, and we haven't mentioned Embiid yet. Steph is not even close to second for me. Joel Embiid has been the most impressive player on the court the entire year. More impressive to me than Jokic. But because he missed games – and because Jokic is also fucking unbelievable, mm-hmm. it's Jokic's yep, year. I agree, and that's that. That's it's it's Jokic MVP. And I it, it is weird to me. It almost seems like there's some like foreign, like slow, unathletic bias here because Jokic can barely jump and he's kind of chunky and he doesn't look like your average NBA player. That you're like, wait, we can't have that guy be MVP, but he's the best fucking player on the court most times. <laughs> yes. So shout out to you, Jokic, man. Right. And if you don't, if he gets, if he does not win this MVP. Um, I think he should have a case for like it being stolen from him. Like, I can understand the only vote that I can understand is voting for Embiid over Jokic, simply because of his dominance. But if you're really true about what we're talking about, who had the better season? Jokic played every game. He had the better season. That's that. I don't even need to. Re- I don't even need to say anything after that. Yeah. Shut uh, it down. Shut it down. I mean, Steph are we... had a great year. Yeah, great year. He won the scoring You're title. Awesome. You're all NBA. Yeah. You're on one of our all NBA teams. Perfect. Let's go okay. to that. Okay, go. All NBA first team. This is a different one this year because they switched up a lot of players. I don't know if you're if you've heard of this. I did hear this. You can you can have Jokic or Randall as a forward and not a center. Mm-hmm. You can have Luca as a forward and not a guard. Uh, I also think they did that with like Booker, which is odd. And I think even Donovan Mitchell, they they just they they made it a lot easier for you to squeeze in Jokic and Embiid into all first team because Which, they both deserve it. I agree, but I am not for that. Okay, okay. You have one center, you got two forwards, you got two guards. That's how I'm breaking this down. And before I get started, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James are not on my list. They all missed way too many games. Yeah. The cutoff for me was 50 or more games played. LeBron did not make that. Anthony Davis way undershot that, and so did Durant and Harden now because he's been out for two months. So none of those guys are going to be on my list, and that's the reason why. If we're just taking it as the best players in the NBA, which is not what this award is. No. If we're taking it as the best players in the NBA, all four of those guys are on my list, of course. But they're just not in this list because they just didn't play enough for me. So first team, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic and Steph Curry. So the only I, I love that. I got Joker, Giannis, Kawhi, Steph, and CP. CP making making the first team. I think he'll get a lot of first team votes, mm-hmm. but I think for me, Steph, Doncic, and Dame all outperformed Chris Paul this year. And I don't just mean statistically, which is what I <laughs> I mostly mean, but I, you know, I think they did those three guys did better than Chris Paul did, even though Chris Paul's leadership skills I'm sure are much higher than all three of those guys. Um, so I like that. The The other option there 
is if you wanted to. The, the Kawhi was the big question mark for me because he missed so many games, mm-hmm. but he played over 50, the over the 50 threshold that I had for myself. I And I think this is what Simmons did. Simmons switched Luka to forward so he could have Curry and Dame in his first team. And I think that's Dame acceptable. first team, huh? Yeah, I think it's acceptable. But Luka is not a forward. He, mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't play forward. He plays fucking point guard for that team. Right. Uh, so he's a guard. Second team for me. Joel Embiid. Same. Julius Randle. Mm. Paul George. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard. And this is where I have Chris Paul. So that's my that's my second team. So we're close. Embiid, Zion made my second team. Zion made my second team. PG, Luca, and Dame. Got it. Wait, you didn't have Luca in the first team? No. Oh, you had uh, Curry and Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, third team, this is where I have Zion. Ugh. So third team for me is where Zion slides in. And I, I th- it's going to be tough, but I have Gobert. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Fucking Gobert. He has to be. I know. Uh, Gobert, Zion, Jimmy Butler, Brad, Brad Beal, and Kyrie Irving. Okay. That's my third team. So, again, Gobert. I had Gobert, Randall, and then I had to put Braun in there. Braun, Beal, and Kyrie. So, I think we're pretty close on some of those. We're, we're Actually, we're very close. Yeah, we're just the one player off. I thought you would like mine because I have Kawhi first team and I have Paul George second team. There's well, two they Clippers. should be. <laughs> should they not be? Like, don't be a hater. So, the real argument, if you, if you dig deep enough into it, is that Kawhi and Paul did only play like 52 to 55 games or mm-hmm. something along those lines. So... If I if I had set the threshold for sixty games, then they would have dropped down my list. The only guys that I I think really you could make an argument for, outside of the ones that we missed, and I'm sure people are going to harp on this: Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis, mm-hmm. Bam, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, and I I do think, based on what Russell Westbrook did, you could you could squeak him into third team if you really wanted to. I'm not. But he deserves an honorable mention to me. Those are the guys that I had right on the cusp um, and then just didn't make it. And and look, if you're going to argue that Jimmy Butler shouldn't be on the list or that Zion Williamson shouldn't make third team, I can I can understand that. And I think Jason Tatum, if I had to choose one out of all those names for the honorable mention that I mentioned that, that, that didn't make my third team, Tatum was the one that I would have swapped out for Zion. But Zion scored. He needs to be there. Zion scored more points. He had just as many rebounds and assists, uh, and played almost exactly the same amount of games. Now, the the obvious thing is Zion's team was not very good this year. But first time head coach, it's his second year in the league, and it took that team half a season to realize, holy shit, this guy can score thirty points a night on anybody. We just have to give him the ball. Just give him the ball. So it took him a while. But I do. He. I think he deserves to be on third team. And Booker and Mitchell, man, you guys had great seasons. You did. And I feel bad leaving them off the list. I do. Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving were better. Poor Booker gets left off a lot of lists. Yeah. <laughs> Those two guys were better. Yeah. Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving were insane this year. They were better than you guys. I'm sorry. That's our award show. If you guys agree with us or don't agree with us, let us know. Yeah, and but also provide some reasons. Yeah, please. Yeah. Some context. Some you know, Tell us why. Just don't say Julius Randle for everything, okay? <laughs> he had a great... I get it, all right? I completely get it, but... And he made second team for both of us. Yes, yeah, second team All NBA, and he's your most improved. Or no, he's your. Uh, where, where else did you have him? Where'd we have him? In it, or it, I, he was in in the argument for most improved. Right. I had I had Zion. Right, but yes, he he is in the conversation for several awards, and he should be. He had a great year. If that's not enough for you guys. I don't know what is. <laughs> um. So yeah, I do have I have one little thing. Ooh. Um. Mostly, it's about congratulating the NBA. This season that they pulled off, they did a pretty fucking good job. 
it was a bumpy road. A lot of players came down with COVID, uh, a lot of injuries. Certainly not a picturesque season for most teams. Uh, but they fucking pulled it off, man. And it didn't, it wasn't a stretch. It was, at times, it was some really bad basketball. And at times, there was a lot of stars missing from games where you would turn on a game and be like, cool, I'm going to see these two guys. Oh, they're not playing tonight. But they got through the season. And I think we're going to be in for a hell of a playoffs. This, this, uh, this playoffs right here. This is, this, this should be really entertaining. I'm really excited to see the, the Nets play with all three of their mm-hmm. guys. I uh, can't wait for that. I feel bad for I Boston. Fail so bad. I, I feel bad for Boston because uh, I mean that that that's not going to be a, a close series. Um, but that, I just wanted to say that like pulling the season off was it's pretty impressive. I'm glad you said that. There is one thing I would have changed about this season though. Let's go back to February and the All Star Game. All right, if we could just could have had a better All Star Game or no All Star or game. no All Star Game. And, you know, done what we suggested to do as far as the dunk contest and the contest moving forward. That was my only suggestion to them. But you're totally right, Drew. We pulled this off. We are back here again in the playoffs. It feels like a week ago we were in the bubble. Does it not, Drew? Yeah, it was in October. It was in October. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was like really. It wasn't that long ago. No, geez. (laughs) But we're back at it. Hopefully this we'll see what kind of game we get from the Lakers and Golden State Warriors tonight. I'm praying to the basketball gods. The Clippers are just on another level. We could get rid of Dallas this weekend. Um, check us out on basketballnews.com. You know, we got all of our podcasts and beat writers, and we're doing a watch party tonight for this Clippers for this Lakers Golden State game. So if Drew get the, gets this out early enough, hopefully you guys can tune in and check that out. But it's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're going to be back next week with some playoff heat. We're ghosts. Kevin Pillar, get well soon, buddy. You know what it is, you know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the fall.